Welcome to the voice of St. Anthony Parish. My name is Father Robert J. Carr, and I am the administrator of St. Anthony Parish in Alston, Massachusetts, and I welcome you to our broadcast every single Monday through Friday at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. It is Thursday, and it is time for part three of the series Theology of the Body with Sister Helena Burns. Hey, folks, this is Sister Helena Burns from the Daughters of St. Paul in Jamaica Plain. Welcome back to our series Theology of the Body. We are still in the introductory stages and phases here and last time we were talking about the fact that John Paul II employed um, not not totally but he, he used some philosophy in his outlaying of the theology of the body and as you know probably philosophy is considered the handmaid of theology I think it's a very sad thing today that people just jump into theology and study theology and get theology degrees with maybe not even one philosophy course. This does not make sense. You know the only people studying philosophy today are priests. Why do you think a seminarian has to do his philosophy first before he even touches theology? Because it's it lays the groundwork for the ability to think and reason clearly, logic, critical thinking skills, um, all of that so that our theology is grounded and isn't, you know, fairy tales, right? So it's very, very sad. Um, but, but John Paul II employed, he was a philosopher. He was a philosopher and a theologian. He was a double PhD, but he really loved philosophy. So, because he knew we could speak to the modern world if you know philosophy, if you understand the currents of thought and the trains of thought that people, they might not know that what they're thinking about is actually coming from a utilitarian standpoint. But if we've studied utilitarianism, we know, oh, well, that's actually a philosophy there. Um, that's actually a worldview. So again, the two philosophies that he used, and he had to clarify this for people because Thomists and phenomenologists, these are two types of philosophers, um, as one Someone said they don't go to the same barbecues and they don't send their kids to the same schools. So the the Thomists were saying John Paul II is a Thomist, meaning Thomas Aquinas follower. And the phenomenologists were saying, no, no, he was a phenomenologist. So John Paul II said, now, now, they're there. He said, I use both. He said, I am an Aris, Aristotelian Thomist, meaning he follows the branch of um there's different types of Thomism, um, the way people interpret St. Thomas Aquinas. And he follows the Aristotelian school of thought based on, yes, Aristotle. St. Thomas Aquinas went back to the ancient Greeks and also to the Muslim philosophers, Averroes and Avicenna, because Thomas Aquinas believed if it's true, it's true. It doesn't matter who said it. It doesn't matter where it comes from. We can test truth. And if it's true, if it's a scientific truth or a personal truth or a subjective truth or an objective truth or whatever kind of truth it is, it doesn't matter. Um, a biological truth, whatever it is, it's true. <laughs> okay. So, and he was a bad boy. You know, Thomas Aquinas was considered a bad boy in his day. <gasps> he was going to the pagans, the ancient Greeks and the Muslims. They're not Christian, right? So he, he took the goods from everyone. He took the goods from everywhere. Maimonides, the Jewish philosopher, right? So, um, so John Paul II said, I use Aristotelian Thomism 
and phenomenology. And phenomenology is more of a method, whereas St. Thomas Aquinas gives us content too. He actually answers the questions and lays it out and gives us a lot of content. Whereas phenomenology is more of a method where you approach something by saying, I can't know something's essence right off the bat. It's very hard to get to the inner, deeper, hidden meanings of things and people. So I'm going to start with the phenomena. I'm going to start with what I can see. You see how this is a great way to approach the human body, right? So what is the human body saying to me, to myself, to others? What might God have been trying to communicate to us through the human body? If I'm made in the image of God, then my body is revealing God. First to me and then to others. So don't don't be scared off by these big philosophical words or theological words. They have very simple meanings. So here's one thing, even though our world has, you know, grown very weak and cold in our Christian faith, overall we could pretty much say that. There's there's some exceptional countries and places. Um and I would say the young churches, you know, in Africa, and Asia, there are very strong believers in these places, and some of them are persecuted and, you know, stand up under incredible persecution, and there's many martyrs, modern-day martyrs and stuff. But uh, but in other places in the world where the church has been there a longer period of time for various reasons, the faith has grown cold, you know? And so I personally believe that John Paul II's theology of the body is the gospel of the body. It is the new way for people to understand who Jesus Christ is, who God is, who they are, what the meaning of their life is. And, you know, it's not a bunch of rules and regulations. Do this, don't do that. It's rather, this is your identity as a human being. This is who you are as a child of God, a man or woman of God, made in the image of God. Now go forth and live it live the gift live the gift so that's part of its beauty because people today may have given up on god and faith and even searching because in a postmodern world you're told there is no truth there's only subjective truth so there's no objective truth to find you know the truth is not out there and so people don't they're not expecting to find it which is kind of hamstrings the whole process and it's very anti-human human beings are seekers of truth that's what we do and when we find it, we, we grasp it. Um, and it challenges us. But people have not given up on the body, sex, love, beauty, and relationships. Thank God. We have not given up on those things. And this is what God is all about. God is all about the body, sex, love, beauty, and relationships. He invented them. And we we need to if we need to get them right, <laughs> you know? This is our life, and um, these are the most important things we could care about. So, so we're on the right foot um, as far as that goes. And so John Paul II desperately wanted to help us, our modern world, our postmodern world, our post-postmodern world, to, to return to the body. It's this beautiful like coming home to who we are and not running away from the body and fleeing the body and cutting ourselves off from our bodies and living in our heads and tripping out on what is not verifiable. Our inner world, as lovely as our souls are, um, it's not, we can get lost in there, you know? 
the body brings us back to reality, grounds us in reality, and has a lot to say. So let's visit again that question, why John Paul II? Why is he so brilliant? Why is he so special? Why does he have this incredible knowledge that nobody else really put together, um, and certainly not in the way he did, doing a Bible study of the human body? He kind of cracked the DNA of reality. He cracked the code. Well, I really believe that he, he was the only one that could have done it. Um, and it was the time was ripe and the time was right. And um, uh, uh, he's now a theology of the body scholar, Dr. Michael Waldstein, or as he says, Michael Waldstein, he's from Austria. Um, him and his wife are both theologians. And, um, you know, he basically said something like, how could this old, he wasn't that old at the time, but this old celibate white man know more than I did about my marriage. <laughs> he said, my wife and I both read The Theology of the Body and it blew a new springtime into our marriage. Isn't that beautiful? Well, when you're in touch with the source of love and life, God himself, and you're a mystic like John Paul II was, a deeply prayerful man, a lover of humanity, you 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 know all things in a sense. You know, you don't need experiential knowledge of everything. I mean, as the ancient playwright Terence said, I am human and nothing human is really foreign to me. But we're going to we're going to unpack why John Paul II was the man to give us theology of the body. And I don't think we're going to finish in this session, but we'll try. So here are 10 reasons why. Number 1. John Paul II was not always old. Number two, he was brilliant, double PhD, philosophy and theology. Number three, he taught philosophy at the university level for years and years, even when he was a cardinal. The only thing that stopped him was the papacy. Number four, he had a great relationship with his young students, and they would go camping together, and they would go for hikes, and he would teach them at great length. Um, they called him uncle. He was very uh, sportsy, so they kayaked, and they mountain, they skied together, everything. Number five, he heard confessions. Number six, he presided at a lot of his young adult friends' weddings, and he would accompany them in the first years of their marriage and help them with their um, marriage struggles, etc. Number seven, as a bishop, he created a family center, kind of like a Planned Parenthood in reverse. It was a pro-life type uh, family center. You could get um, uh, prenatal care. You could get... Um, knowledge, sex education knowledge for, for your young people to do at home, um, just helping people in their family life, families and children. Actually, he had a woman who was his right arm for all of that. Her name was Vanda Patalska, and you can't get her writings in English yet. Um, they've made, she's all over Europe. Um, she's still alive. She was in a concentration camp herself, and um, she she really helped John Paul too. And he trusted her, like her, whatever she would tell him about what families needed, what um, spouses needed, etc. He really listened to her experiences because she worked in that family center. And remember that he lived under both the Nazi and communist regimes in Poland. So what does that have to do with theology of the body? Everything. He saw a horrific view, horrific views of the human person under, you know, Marxism and socialism and communism. 
and and how that plays out when it's put into practice the murderous regimes um he lived in an occupied country right um for most of his his life so we're gonna take that up next time because that's kind of involved so that's number eight of why john paul ii is the man to bring us theology of the body until next time god bless have you visited catholicaudiomedia.com there you can find material to help strengthen your faith and even support this radio program web videos on how to read the bible music from father adriano zandana links to column websites and even the pauline bookstore and even merchandise such as coffee mugs to bring a smile and encouragement during this time catholicaudiomedia.com catholicaudiomedia.com catholicaudiomedia.com